your flagship station for Clemson men's basketball. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. Back here live on the Roar. Press box with Brad and John, 11.05 a.m. This segment brought to you by Fort Hill Natural Gas, serving Pickens, Oconee, and Northern Anderson County since 1952. Fort Hill, uh, picture this, warmer heat, endless hot water, cooking without power, grilling without a tank. Make the switch for a cozier, more efficient home uh, with Fort Hill Natural Gas. It's the safest, most dependable, economical and trouble-free fuel known to man. Natural gas is the way to go, and Fort Hill is here to help you if you live in those areas. You can stop by their offices in Easley or Seneca, or you can go to their website, fhnga.com, fhnga.com. Get information on how to get new service to your home or your business, affordable uh, pricing, available rebates, payment plans, energy tips, all on their site, fhnga.com. Go check out Four Hill Natural Gas today. Still time for you to get in, 654-ROAR. Uh, John, we had a question on the Adams Curving Text. I have several questions. I'd like to try to get to some of these. Um, wanting to know some of the other odds, some of the other teams on the odds list here. Uh, Texter asked about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, where are they at? Um, oh, boy. Why have I not gotten Jacksonville? Uh, let's see. They are ooh, plus 3,000. So they're about, about the middle. Below the Chargers. Chargers have higher odds or better or better odds to win the Super Bowl than the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then right after we're tied with Jacksonville, it's a little early. We'll go ahead and do it. Chicago Bears. Just for you, Chad the Mailman. Man, they're not projecting a good year in Jacksonville. No, they're really not. compared with the, with the Bears? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You said that, not me. Uh, some teams, like the Falcons, are also plus 3,000. How are the Rams 3,500? How are the Rams worse than Atlanta, Chicago, and Jacksonville? Jacksonville and the Chargers have to go through you-know-who. Yeah. We just spent the whole last hour talking about. Pat Especially Mahomes. the Chargers. Yeah, they have to literally go through them. Let's play them twice. I mean, come on. Though. What, what world are we living in? The, Jack- the Bears and the Falcons aren't sniffing the Super Bowl. What not we- a chance. Not even a remote chance. I do think, though, that some of the shine has come off in Jacksonville after this past season. Oh, yeah. I the, think, way, the way I think the Doug's back half of the season went. Yeah. I agree with you. I think Doug Peterson's... The seat's warm. I think the Calvin Ridley thing was, for all the hype that it received before it happened, was a disaster. Yeah. Like he was supposed to be the X factor that took that offense over the hump. And I don't know if it was a disaster. It just it, it manifested itself in shorter spurts than it than it really needed to. And, you know, I worry are they gonna be able to re sign their Josh Allen and, and some of the key parts in Jacksonville there. Yeah. It's a very important offseason. If you were to take a shot on a long shot, so let's say let's cut it off with the Cowboys and Packers at plus 2,000. Okay. If you were to take a shot on anything lower than that, Houston Texans plus 2,200. Jets plus 2,500. Taking a shot on A-Rod? No. Chargers plus 25. 
hundred. Jacksonville plus three thousand. Bears plus three thousand. Falcons plus three thousand. Rams plus thirty five hundred. Uh, Browns also thirty five to one. Colts, Vikings, Seahawks, Bucks, Steelers at plus seventy five hundred. Oh, not to the Super Bowl, you don't. Uh, the, the teams in your area, in your vicinity, John, on this list, this kind of helps you kind of power rank some of these teams, at least what Vegas thinks of their, their chances. You are in between, you're sandwiched between the Bucks and the Cardinals. One of those teams is a playoff team, baby. Let's go. <laughs> and the other was so bad they couldn't keep your fandom. Oh, that's not nice. Uh, uh, yeah, speaking of your fandom, where are your uh, Washington Commanders? Plus 10,000. So you're telling me there's a chance. Uh, no, I, I don't believe so. The Saints are higher than the than the Commanders. The Giants are tied with the Commanders. So are the Patriots and the Raiders and the Broncos. Do you want to know who's bringing up the rear? Or do you even have to ask? Yeah, I do. Who's bringing up the rear? The Carolina Panthers. Aw. Good Lord. Uh, yeah. Was it plus one million? Plus 25,000. So like 250 to one? Nah, nah, don't eat. Don't, just save your money. Panther uh, we, we can give you a lot better uh, things to do with your money than to bet it on the Panthers to make the Super Bowl next year. So who would you take? If you had to take a long shot, who you got? Um, I like some of those teams in that, that plus 3,000 range. Honestly, Rams? if the Rams... I'd lean Rams here. I would too. Houston's pretty intriguing at plus twenty two hundred. I think I like where the yes, that's a very good point. I like where the Rams are trending now that they're kind of getting away from just all big free agent contracts and the books are starting to kind of settle themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they're actually going to draft players again. I would take the Rams. <laughs> Extra put twenty on the Panthers. You can just come by here and hand me your twenty dollar bill. Uh, take that $20 bill, light it on fire, and watch it burn. There's so many other things you could do with that $20. There really are. Or you can just donate it to the Roar. <laughs> donate it to John's pocket. He'd love to help you out there. Put it on hold for Tigers for Tatas in October. There you go. 654-ROAR, you want to get in. Because the, the, by then, the Panthers will be eliminated anyway. From exactly. Super Bowl yeah, by, oh, by October 1, the season's over. Texture says bucks. It's not bad odds. And you're also, bank, you're also banking on the NFC South not showing much improvement. The road to the playoffs won't be all that difficult. Well, the road through, as long as you don't get San Fran. You get a home, and if you win the, the division, you get a home game. Which, let's be clear, that's the only way you're getting in, is if you win the division. I don't see multiple NFC South teams getting in. Not in 2024, no. Probably not. Not unless we have one of the crazier off-seasons in NFL history. Yeah, where free agents are all lining up to go to Atlanta, New Orleans, and Charlotte. So let me ask you this question. If you had to make a pick today, which odds would you prefer to take? Let me let me pull this up real quick so I don't I don't butcher the odds because I don't remember exactly what they are. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, who would you take? Pro, I'll, I'll put Kansas City in there because I think you would be more inclined to take them than the, the 49ers. So would you take Kansas City at, what did I say they were, plus 650? Yeah. Or the Georgia Bulldogs to win the first 12-team playoff at plus 350? 
Well, see, the thing you've got to factor in is Georgia will be fighting an uphill battle when they start the season 0-1, which is going to be a bit of a task for the for the Bulldogs there to handle. No, I would I would take Georgia. I would take the Dogs, even after an opening season loss in Atlanta. Okay. Uh, wow. Listen to that, Bulldog fans. That, that'll that fire up the text line. 654 or you want to get on the Adams Code. I barked at yet today. Not yet. Not yet. I'm surprised Miko Harbin had the game-winning touchdown last night. I figured you'd heard some barking already. Uh, Texture says, talking about the the NFC South, the division is trash. Um, talking about Baker. The only problem with that is we don't know if Baker is going to be the quarterback there. So that's probably why their odds are what they are. We don't and know you don't know if Mike Evans is coming back or yep. there's a lot of questions in Tampa this offseason. Yeah, they have some re-signings to do or just some signings in general uh, to do. And you, do you trust Todd Bowles without Dave Canales? good question i mean he he was only there for a year it's not like canales was there for you know five years six years but it's also not like Bowles has had elite offenses every time he's been a head coach that's also true john what did you make of everything not related to the game last night as in the broadcast the commercials the halftime show the anthem the hoopla the festivities i'm gonna start it with something i never thought i would say here I'm, i'm i'm holding on to something I thought Tony Romo did a good job last <laughs> night. I don't think he was that bad. I really don't. Now, he kind of got on my nerves a little bit with well, some that, of the that, stuff I think he was talking about. He's going to get on your nerves in, in spurts. But I think he toned down the shtick he's been using for the last two years. And I think he he just talked about the game. You know, like he didn't he didn't really stray away from... From the, he would bring us some storyline type stuff every now and again, but he, he really tried to focus, I think, on, on telling you. He, he went back to vintage Romo and just sort of like identifying, I thought he made some great points during the broadcast, identifying what the secondaries were doing on both sides. He was really good at that last night. Yeah, and I, listen, it's the Super Bowl. I have no problem if you want to steer into some of the storylines and some of the narratives and some of the things that are surrounding the game. Because whether we like it or not, the Super Bowl is more than just what happens between 100 yards to 100 long. It's just it. It's more than just the game itself. Right. So I have no problem for Tony Romo to, at times, bring that up. I thought he did a really good job last night. I thought he toned down some stuff. You didn't hear that? I don't know, Jim. I don't know. Is it Andy to catch it? Is it a drop? I don't know, Jim. You know, he, he toned some of that kind of stuff. Well, and there were, I mean, there were times where, especially the second half of that game, where you know, Jim Nance could have been like, well, we have new overtime rules. I don't know, do we? You know, I mean, he really could have freaked out there. Yeah. He he seemed prepared. And I just I just imagine, even though he's making, a, you know, a lot of money, I just feel like there probably was a, come sit in the office, let's have a conversation about the Super Bowl. You need to handle it this way. I mean, those... He was more professional last well, night. Well, I mean, they, you know, they have focus groups. They they pull people. I mean, they have an idea. They to, listen you know, to the Roar. Yeah, listen to the press. They box. got the mobile app, RoarFM.com. They can get anywhere, traveling all over our country, I'm or sure, the world. I'm sure CBS is listening. They should. The executives. They should. But I, I, I think I think you're right. I think they knew how people felt about the way Romo has been doing some games in in recent. Hey, to me, he just he's just gotten away from actually doing the game and just sort of just just randomness stuff and just you know saying things that that Jim Nance can't even follow or understand. And you know what? They only brought Gene in one or two times. Gene came in and did the um, 
uh, what was the call? Oh, the holding call on the uh, Chiefs. There was a clear, clear hold. I, I think it was Jawan Jennings. Got wrapped around his, it was McDuffie, I believe, wrapped around Jennings' waist. That was an easy call. And they're like, oh, Gene, did you see anything there? Was that the right call? That was the right call. Okay, thanks, Gene. You know, they, they didn't belabor it and spend, you know, three or four minutes just killing airtime with Gene. So you bring up Gene. I want to talk about the officials for two seconds here. Were you shocked or not at the lack of holding calls in this game? They decided to let him play a little bit. There was a lot of handsiness out there, too. Um, No, I think I think they wanted... They, they did not want a yellow flag game last night. And there were stretches where they didn't call anything for long periods of time. You jump off sides, you're, you're, or you're, um, your false starts, I mean, you're going to have that. But... For the most part, I think the refs wanted to stay. I, I think they were kind of told by the NFL, stay out of the game. Let's not let you decide it. You know, let's... I, I thought the crew did a good job. And like I said earlier in the show, they were I thought the head official did a very good job at the coin toss going into overtime of laying out what was at stake and what was about to happen. Well, this is theoretically your top staff officiating the game. I think I think they did a pretty decent job. I, I don't have anything to... No, they showed that they about. were the top crew, in my opinion. Yeah. I agree. All right, let's go to Roger and Anderson. He's up next. Hey, Roger. Hey, guys. Thanks for getting me on here. A couple of things. The officiating was pretty good, but I tell you what, San Francisco really hurt themselves with penalties, especially on that last drive when they had the ball inside. I believe it was inside the 20, and then Kittle went out of the game, and then the other guy that came in and took his place got a holding call yeah. and put him back 10 yards. Or yep. That was brutal, man. It was. And, and Kill had a terrible game. And, yes, that game plan from Shanahan, again, he fails. He gets way too conservative. You know, he threw some – Purdy threw a couple of deep balls, but he threw one to Debo. Debo doesn't have that kind of speed to make that catch or the athletic ability to, to dive out and get that ball. So, just too conservative, and you can't give Mahomes – you're not going to beat him with field goals, bottom line. But y'all touched on all that. Yeah very well. Y'all covered everything. But on the Tony Romo, I'm telling you, he was <laughs> he was bad but not terrible. But when he sang, he one, going to one break, he started singing Adele. Um, <laughs> he did do that. And if I'm yeah. CBS, if I am CBS and Greg Olson, who has made statements that he wants to be on the number one game, he he feels like he has earned it. This is what he has said. I've heard him say it. He, he feels like he wants to call the top game, and he's been doing that now for two years, and he is excellent. If I was CBS, I'd show Romo the door, and I'd get Greg Olson in there and really have a, a much better broadcast. I don't know if they can afford to buy out his contract. Thanks for the call, Roger. We're, we're up against the break. we got to run. But, I mean, Tony's making, what, $10 million a year or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's it, halfway they, through the deal. Yeah, uh, that's financially is going to be something that would be very difficult for them to move off on. Brad, we're going to take a break here. But on the other side of this break, we have breaking news in the world of college football. We will hit that right after this. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. 
Hey foodies, we want to talk to you about the Upstate's favorite taco spot, Willie Taco. With five locations across the Upstate, our award-winning team has been serving up fresh taco fusion for a solid decade now. And our chefs at Willie Taco utilize the freshest, most creative and unexpected ingredients in our kitchens. Come see why Southern Living and Food and Wine Magazine rave about our signature offerings, such as the Southern Tide, Crispy Avocado, and Nashville Hot Chicken Tacos, with flavors you won't find anywhere else. Willie Taco is ready to serve you our twist on funky, fresh fusion. It's the Willie Way. Rely on EnviroMulch for all of your outdoor needs. They have an assortment of mulch, riverstone, dirt, sand, gravel, straw, and more. EnviroMulch will make your yard look amazing during the months ahead. Order at EnviroMulchOnline.com. Clemson Nation, this is former national champion Ben Boyer. If you live in Anderson, Greenville, Clemson, or Malden, South Carolina, and you're looking for the best birthday suit in town, Come get tailored at www.thejunkyardfitness.com. Come by and see us at our four locations in the upstate of South Carolina. Your first week is always free. Don't let turnover stall your business. HTI is the Upstate's trusted attraction and retention partner. We work with employers to provide all things workplace, including recruiting, staffing, HR services, leadership training, and team building for companies across many industries. Call Ryan at 864-513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate to discuss how we can create a custom labor strategy. Valentine's Day is upon us, and you know, your team at Reed's Jewelers will make sure you find what you want for your loved one. From diamonds for her to watches for him, Reed's Jewelers, upstairs in Haywood Mall, next to Belk, endorsed by Roar listeners like Zeke. I'm calling in for one of your sponsors, man. Wally over there at Reed's Jewelers, go check him out. They'll get you what you need. If not, he'll find it, and he will definitely take care of you. Zeke loves Reed's Jewelers. You will as well. Reed's Jewelers, Haywood Mall, next to Belk, online at reeds.com. Is switching your wireless service to Total by Verizon easy? Totalmente. And you get unlimited 5G data? $25 a line for four lines on the unlimited plan? At an amazing price? With no contracts? Should you switch to Total by Verizon? Definitely. Uh, I mean... Totalmente. Find a store or switch suavemente at totalbyverizon.com. Monthly rate when you activate without a pay, plus taxes and fees. Discount begins the month after you enroll. Additional terms apply. See website for data management practices. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors, and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The Press Box with Brad and John. It makes it more competitive. The perfect way to get through your morning. Every time he opens his mouth, something irritating comes out. Weekdays from 9 to noon on The Roar. Where every day is game day.
Welcome back here live on the roar of the press box with Brad and John. Thank you for joining us today. 654 Roar. Breaking news in the world of college football. The loop's been closed again. Over the weekend, UCLA head coach Chip Kelly left the program to become the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Yes, that's a college. <laughs> he, left, he left a sitting head coach, demoted himself to offensive coordinator for another team in their league. <laughs> Because Ohio State and UCLA are conference are in the same conference yeah. now. And I think you can make a very good argument that OC job at Ohio State is better than head coach at UCLA. And Chip Kelly got out while the getting was good. Um, Especially depends on what you're looking for. We'll get into that in a moment. The breaking news is that UCLA's job did not stay open, but just a couple of days. They are set to hire, according to multiple reports, Deshaun Foster. As Brad said during the break when I told him this, he said, the running back? <laughs> yes, one of the same. <laughs> yes, he uh, he played for the Carolina Panthers, went to the Super Bowl with the Carolina Panthers, and also played for the 49ers. He is now the head coach, about to be the head coach at UCLA. Interesting resume here, John, after his playing career. By the way, he was born in, in Charlotte, um, the uh, aforementioned... Foster. Now he went out to California and went to high school out there and was played at UCLA where he's in the Hall of Fame there. He's he's a legend on their campus and was drafted in the NFL in 2002. Got done playing with the 49ers in 08. I don't know what he did for a few years there, but he became a went back to UCLA, got his degree, got his grad degree, and spent some time working with the team. Was the, you know, player development guy, high school relations guy for uh, a couple of years, and then he went out to Texas Tech and got his first on-the-field job as a running backs coach in 2016. A year later, came back to take over at UCLA with the running backs and coached them until the end of this past season and had just taken a job in Las Vegas with the Raiders to be their running backs coach, and now he's leaving that post to come back to UCLA to be named the head coach. Fascinating career arc here. Fascinating career arc. A guy that, from a coaching standpoint, do not know a ton about. Brad, do you? Does this kind of point in any direction what you think UCLA is trying to do here? Yeah, a, a couple of things. They wanted a UCLA guy here. Now, they, the reports that I've read said that they interviewed eleven candidates for this job, and most of them were sitting head coaches. I don't know a clear number on that, but I don't. I don't know who they were. I'm fascinated to know who the whole list is. But they just came back to Foster. He he wowed them with his leadership, and they're going to make him kind of the CEO coach. You know, he's not been a coordinator, so he doesn't have a system. You know, he can't say, well, he's going to come in and run this, this, and this. That's not what they're hiring him for. They want him to be a player development guy, recognizing talent, working the L.A. area, working Southern California, finding the talented players, keeping them there in in state and in in the area. And and they think that'll be a winning formula for them. They're probably expecting him to make good hires, you know, with his coordinators and run a modern system. He's not going to, you know, run a triple option or anything and basically be the leader, you know, the, 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 the figurehead who isn't maybe caught up in all the X's and O's, but really knows the how to run a football team. That's what they're hoping with this. It gives them a, a face they could put out there in the L.A. area 
at a school that gets little to no coverage. I also I agree with everything you just said. I also think this gives you someone who, let's be honest, you when you hired your last head coach, you beat out the University of Florida to go get him. It was deemed as a big-time get in the coaching industry to land Chip Kelly at the time at which UCLA did. But Chip Kelly has also been fighting for his exit from UCLA mm. for the last little while now. Going and get somebody who is in your Hall of Fame. You have someone who is probably a little more committed to the long-term vision and program and is not trying to up and leave for whatever helps out their resume. I mean, let's let's put the cards on the table here. Chip Kelly has been trying to find a way to become just a coordinator. At this phase of his career and what all he has accomplished, he's earned the right to decide what he wants to do with his employment. For whatever reason it was, at UCLA, he's, it seems like he is just over being a head football coach. UCLA is a hard job. It's a very difficult job. And I think Chip Kelly and wisely looked into the future and said, I'm probably getting canned at the end of the year. I may not even make it to the end of the year. I might get canned in November. I don't want that on my resume. What is something that we have seen through this coaching cycle? I feel like Chip Kelly has been, his actions have shown us something. That he is very focused on on becoming an NFL offensive coordinator again before he retires. He's so tried, Brad, yes. I will ask you this. What is an easy, what is a easier way to get to becoming an NFL offensive coordinator? Hmm. As the OC at Ohio State with an almost an NFL roster, yeah. or to be the head coach at UCLA where you could get fired before the season's over? Not the latter. Not the latter. Again, you don't want that on your resume. Uh, not... not I, I think if you go to Ohio State, you're coaching what? NFL talent. Do you have NFL talent at UCLA? Maybe in some isolated pieces, but not... But if, if your goal is to get back to the NFL, don't you need to be coaching NFL talent will help you do that? Yeah, because coaching the talent that you've acquired against all those other defense wasn't going to go very well for UCLA. And I think it was a very good move for Ohio State. It's probably better to have Chip Kelly than Bill O'Brien. And his, his offensive scheme will fit the personnel, and Ryan Day worked for Chip Kelly. It was his quarterback. They are very close, and they understand each other, and so I think you know Ryan Day probably hit a home run with this. It's close to a home run higher as you can get. I, I just, the way I, I see all the running backs that they have acquired, or that they have in Columbus, Ohio, and when you look at when the Chip Kelly offense was at its best, I go back to his time at Oregon, when there were three running backs and a mobile quarterback, and you had no idea where the ball was going. Travion Henderson, Quinshaw Jenkins, Will Howard can move around. You've okay. got way better receiving talent than any of his Oregon teams ever had. Agreed. Good luck. This was an upgrade over Bill O'Brien as an offensive coordinator. I tend to think so. And Based on the personnel they have, I think this is... Better for what Chip Kelly wants to call versus Bill O'Brien. I'm not saying that one coach is better than the other. I just think with all the parts combined, I think Chip Kelly can take them further than Bill O'Brien can. So good hire for Ohio State. Good hire for UCLA, or is it just a complete unknown? Complete unknown. The, but the I, but concept I, might work. The concept may work, but there is no proof of this concept yeah. with Deshaun Foster as a head coach at UCLA. But I am very excited that you're going to give the opportunity to one of your own who wants it. I'm not connected with anybody at UCLA. It's not one of the schools that I have on the Rolodex. 
of uh, contacts. I know over you're there. more of a Cal guy, and that's okay. <laughs> ACC, baby, let's go. The one time I've covered a UCLA event or, or team was out in Omaha when it was Garrett Cole was on the mound. Yeah, and um, that team that um, during that year, the LA Times sent one reporter. That was the only media member in Omaha from the city of Los Angeles covering the team. One guy, and it was the L.A. Times guy. To a team that almost 15 years later, we can still name pieces off that college baseball team Mm -hmm. that played its home games 3,000 miles away from here. There were 50 members. I believe that was the, yeah, that was your Clemson and South Carolina. 2010, yeah. There were 50, 60 media members from the state of South Carolina, at least. There was one guy from L.A. It was so weird. Uh, and, and and that was not, not even close to his beat. Like, I don't even remember what his beat was, but it was not that. And he was he was out there covering it. And so that was, that just tells you there's just no interest in that school in that in that town. And it also makes sense that you would go get somebody. All right, so what, what's one of the big issues we have right now in college football, Brad? And it's funding your collective in order to get the personnel to keep your players or to go out and get new personnel. Fund raising. Do you think it'd be easier if you're a UCLA alum and booster and you want to give back to support your team? Would it be a lot easier sales pitch coming from a guy who's in your Hall of Fame versus Chip Kelly who's only using your place to get to his next gig? Or somebody got out of the Mac. You know? I mean, that's, that's probably what Jason Jason Candle, yeah. <laughs> who, who do you think is going to have an easier transition? It's going to be Deshaun Foster because the, the money people there that he needs to tug at their heartstrings can go back and look at his Hall of Fame career for the Bruins. And they can remember those games and those times and the things that he did for him. I tend to think so. So it makes a lot of sense. Makes a ton of sense. Um, from that stuff, I have no idea if, if it works out. But fascinating to see. It's, I, I don't know. Time is time gets really weird. The older you get, I just don't think it was that long ago. I was watching Deshaun Foster play football. <laughs> now he's the head coach at UCLA. But he dropped off. Like, I had no idea he was there for so many years. He was, you know, just a, I won't say just a running back. I mean, outside of was, one year in Lubbock, he's been in L.A. for the last 10 years. Yeah. It's just a weird, weird team. Weird, uh, weird situation. 654 Roar. Uh, you want to get in with us throughout the rest of the show. Um, last thing on the Super Bowl, John. Halftime show, commercials, anything stand out? Reba, any anything, anything hit with you yesterday from the entertainment standpoint? Uh, Reba was acting like someone who wasn't getting paid by the hour, mm. and she got in out of there quickly. Respect. Uh, I thought Usher was fine. <laughs> I'm not a big Usher guy. Like I'm not the biggest. That's not my cup of tea. Uh-huh. But I thought we talked about it last week. I thought he put on a good show. I thought he was a good entertainer. It's fine. It wasn't the, the greatest halftime show in the world. It wasn't Prince in Miami, but it, it wasn't Maroon out, 5 in Atlanta either. So I thought it started out a little slow, took a little build up. But I think by the end, it, you know, once he started bringing everybody on the stage, once he got to the stage and everybody was out there and he's doing the roller skates and everything, it little John's, like, you know, crowd surfing. Like, I, I think at that point it, it, it picked up its level. Yeah, yeah definitely. But, but you was, needed some little John. You needed some ludicrous. You needed some some friends to get up there and help out about half of the performance i'm kind of this is kind of a dud you know at least it got a little bit better but that's a lot of i mean his his music's a little slower right not everyone is yeah not high energy yeah ludicrous with little john on it (laughs) 
Fair enough. Uh, but I think the the to illustrate what we're doing here, it took us until almost eleven thirty seven this morning to talk about this. So the halftime show was never going to resonate with you and I in a, in a major no, way. It wasn't going to. I thought he was. I thought all the production was, was good last night. I don't think there weren't any commercials that really stand out. I thought the Dunkin' Donuts one with every guy who's an actor who's from the city of Boston was pretty clever. Yeah. But I didn't think it was, you know, we don't have any any like real catchy Budweiser ads like we did 20 years ago. The State Farm ones were kind of funny with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, I, was, I was cool with that one. Uh, you mentioned the Dunk Kings. And the Paramount Plus one was really good, but they released it two weeks ago. Yeah. The Tom Brady thing had been out forever, too. That was the only, I believe that was the only in-game sports book, uh, legal sports book commercial. But the MGM one, that, that one had been out for a, for a couple of weeks, too. Uh, I was looking through some of the, the, the T-Mobile one with Jason Momoa was terrible. <laughs> Did not like that one. Usually you see JD and Turkey get excited, and no? No. That was uh, a did not like the um pluto tv couch potato one god that was awful it was bad enough the first time and they had to do another one i thought the sarah v with michael sarah was a good um concept i don't know they executed all that well it's good in theory they didn't stick the landing i I tend to but i see where they were going with it and i you know the helmets commercial was horrible. I don't. I, I, this isn't the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I don't want to see people eating out of jars of mayonnaise on television. That one did not go over well. I also did not like the Messi one. I, I like Messi, and I think it was just brilliant to put him in a Super Bowl commercial. But it was kind of a dud. It didn't. It didn't do anything for me. I I, I agree with the texture here. I was more intrigued by the uh, movie trailers that came out over the course last night. There were several of those came out. I'm just a little surprised it took us almost 20 years to come up with a sequel to Twister. I thought you were going to say Dune. It took more than 20 years to come up with Dune. Of course, they had already made another Dune movie yeah. previously. But, uh, yeah, Twister. Did you know that was coming out? No, I didn't. Okay, I was surprised. I, I did. I, did. I, knew, I knew about that movie. Uh, but it was kind of interesting to see Bill Paxton, rest in peace, uh, see that movie without him. And, and if he was alive, I think he would be in that movie, don't you? Uh, At least yeah. in some cameo role or something. Some capacity you'd see him there. Yeah. Uh, the Uber Eats one, Jennifer Aniston doesn't remember Ross. <laughs> was that was that any good? Yeah, that was fine. That was clever. Yeah, I guess. Uh, that, that DoorDash one was weird, you know, with the long tag and went through the house. I, I don't know. None of, them, none of them really stuck with me. Maybe I'm just too old to care anymore about Super Bowl commercials. Or maybe the creativity just is just doesn't hit anymore. We've, we've maxed hey, out. You're, you're tough to impress. You have a high standard for everyone out there. <laughs> Set the bar almost too high. None of us can live up to your standards. Uh, although it was funny to see just the group of people that were in that that Dunkin' commercial was was funny with J Lo and Affleck. Oh, watching her to shake her head at him like, oh no, Fat Joe and uh, you know Matt Damon. Just just the whole. You can't have ensemble. Ben Affleck without Matt Damon. That's that's a good point, especially if you're gonna make a make fun of Boston people, which. I like the self-deprecating deprecation there. That was fun. Especially by not only Dunkin' Donuts, a brand and a corporation, but all those actors as well. Yeah. yeah. Buying into it. Good awareness. The bit, yeah. 654-ROAR. Final segment after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Greg Ellie of the Prosperity Group. I'd like to invite you to tune into our radio show, The Prosperity Hour, on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m., 
you'll learn about Social Security, how to maximize it, how to make an asset out of it, how to protect your retirement income and create a pension-like income that you can't outlive for both you and your spouse. I'll show you tax-free strategies that protect you against nursing homes and illnesses. Just give me a call at 864-989-0176 or go to mymoneyissafe.com. For over 36 years, Little John Portable Toilets has proudly served the upstate. From construction to special events, Little John Portable Toilets has you covered with worry-free toilet service, delivered, cleaned, and sanitized, serving the upstate and further when possible. Portable toilets, handicap, hand wash stations, holding tanks, executive restroom trailers. And if you have a question, we have a live person to talk with. Little John, family-owned and operated. 800-499-5667 and at littlejohntoilets.com. Hey, Clemson, we need your help. Supporting the Clemson Tigers is in our blood, and so is giving back to our community. You can do that by donating blood with the Blood Connection. Every two seconds, someone needs a blood transfusion. Our local hospitals rely on community blood donors just like you to help our fellow Tiger fans in need. When you donate blood with TBC, you know your donation is making a difference right here in the upstate. Just go to thebloodconnection.org donate to make your appointment to save lives today. Just trust me. We've all heard or said these words ourselves at various points. It's going to be great. Just trust me. We say that all the time. And that's basically what I'm saying when you hear me talk about PhD weight loss. I'm just asking you, just trust me. And now the reality is a few of y'all are thinking things like this. Will it be safe? Or, you know, perhaps more commonly, will I fail? Nope. You won't fail because they won't let you. You're not your past. Whatever diet pills or injections you did in the past failed you. Wanting to drop weight is 80% of the battle, so you're almost there, and the other 20% is having an expert on your side, a way to keep you on track. Keeping you on track is what PhD does. It's the most important thing that they do. I want you to think about this. Think about what not doing PhD will do. Multiply five pounds times five years of doing nothing. You're another 25 plus pounds overweight if you don't stop right now and call PhD. For more info, go to the website at myphdweightloss.com. 59 years is a long time, especially when you're talking about how long a company has been in business. But that's exactly how long Joe Robertson and son have been servicing and installing roofs right here in the upstate. 59 years. That means that many of the roofs you see every day, your neighbors, the roof at your favorite restaurant, even the roofs you're driving past right now are likely a Joe Robertson and Son roof. Now, you might be wondering why so many people here in the upstate have chosen Joe Robertson and Son for their roofing needs for nearly six decades. And the answer is simple. They were founded on the principles of providing quality workmanship, fair pricing, and complete customer satisfaction. When you work with them, you won't pay a single dime until the job's been completed to your your satisfaction. So if you have any roofing needs, do what so many people in the upstate have done for the past 59 years. Make it a Joe Robertson and Son roof. Call 246-0886. That's 246-0886. Or visit robertsonroofing.net. It's a new year, but one thing remains the same. Elkmont is the upstate's destination for the best in lifestyle clothing, shoes, unique gifts, outdoor gear, and so much more. Offering great footwear from On Running, Vans, Ufos, Birkenstock, and more. Incredible selection of jewelry featuring Kendra Scott and game day and lifestyle clothing from the most popular brands like Patagonia, Viore, Filson, Free Fly, Columbia, Z Supply, Howler Brothers, and more. Shop South Carolina's largest selection of On Running shoes and enjoy great discounts on select game day and winter apparel as our winter clearance sale begins. 
Find the latest arrivals and fashion trends from Elkmont's Facebook and Instagram pages or shop Elkmont online at elkmonttradingcompany.com. That's E-L-K-M-O-N-T tradingcompany.com. Elkmont is conveniently located in Powdersville off of 153 and in Clemson at 93 and Highway 123. And finally, go Tigers! Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. So what exactly are the net rankings? I have no idea! Tune in every day until March as we try to figure it out. The Roar, where every day is game day. Final segment here on a Monday. Wrapping things up, I want to tell you about the Dream Center, PC.org. Go check out the Dream Center. The folks over there need your help. Yes, it's great if you can go by the resale store and either purchase items or drop items off for donation. It really helps fund what they do, but they really could use some volunteers. They help empower and educate adults who need to get their life back on track for various reasons. Uh, They give them life skills. They give them trade skills, and you can be a part of that. They really do need your help. So if you've been you know, in, in a field, maybe you're retired, and you've got some skills, and, and you would love to pass that on to others and help people in need, the Dream Center would love to have you. All you got to do is go to dreamcenterpc.org. You can find out more information. You can go by and see them here and easily. And they'd love to give you a, a free tour of their um, facility and just sort of tell you what all that they do and see if it's the right fit for you as a volunteer. But Start at the dreamcenterpc.org today. 654-ROAR. Uh, we've covered a lot of the Super Bowl. I mean, we I think we hit on pretty much everything. Uh, I went over our, our uh, prop betting sheet that we did. I actually did a little bit better than I thought I did on it. I don't know who won because John doesn't have his. Uh, but I tallied up my results, and I thought I fared pretty well. I think I got something like 13 out of the 20, something around that range. So not bad. And I, we, we were opposite on most. So if you got 13 out of 20, I'll concede defeat. I did better than the 49ers on third down last night. Yeah, that's all, for sure. We were all having a better day than they did on third down. Uh, well, may, maybe some of you were still struggling getting over last night. <laughs> it was a late one. <laughs> yeah, there's probably some truth to that. Uh, I, it took me forever to wind down after the game. You know, like I, 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 just, I can't just go to bed after a game. Like I, I just can't, especially a big one. I had to sit there and just sort of wind down for a little did bit. Did you watch, like, the trophy presentation or anything? I did. And... I did. I watched all of that. I watched Travis Kelsey singing, which was awkward. It's now become a Super Bowl tradition when they win that he's going to sing something. Yeah, he's yeah. going to turn the, the trophy presentation to karaoke night. Did you watch the embrace with he and Taylor? Uh, actually, no. I, I missed that. <laughs> you didn't? Oh, it was... Uh... No, it was between... I cut it off on the TV in the living room and walked into the other room to go cut it on before I was going to bed and... They were already up there doing the trophy stuff, so yeah. I missed all that. Yeah, you know, she wasn't on stage with I the team. I did see that, yeah. Yeah, she's, well, she's not. You know. There was a discussion going on in the house last night of when people over, well, do you, do you think they'll, they'll let her onto the field? 
It's like, yes, every player on the winning team, their entire families come down to the field. She's it's not, not family, though. She's not going to get preferential treatment. I'm pretty sure Travis Kelsey wasn't the only player on the field who had his girlfriend on the field last night. <laughs> yeah. Did you see what they did after the game? No. To I, celebrate? No, I went to bed after the game. They, well, <laughs> I bet this morning, because I hope you weren't up partying with them. Uh, actually, no. that would be really cool. Uh, they you have been here at 9 a.m.? They rented out an entire club. At, okay. At, I think it was at Resorts World, uh, the hotel casino. They rented an entire club. They, they rented it out after they won the AFC title. So they didn't wait until... It's a bold strategy, guy. Yeah. But they, they needed a, a completely private party because Taylor was going to be there. Well, I mean, not... I mean, yes, obviously most of it is just for her, but obviously those guys, they don't want to... I think most of them don't want to party with everybody who's in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, you got that right. I've seen some of the people in Las Vegas. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, you don't want to be out in the... You know, just at whatever big club there is down on the strip but honestly one of my favorite shots still photos from the entire super bowl week is a picture of travis kelsey ludicrous and you know they're they're decked out in their their fits you know oh, they, yeah they're looking good they're dressed to impress yeah there's a couple other players in the background and right in the middle shirt tie suit is andy reed <laughs> It just like which one looks out of place here, you know? How like, do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> I mean, what do you order a a diet coke and a, and a double cheeseburger? <laughs> a double cheeseburger, absolutely. That was Andy Reid letting his hair down and celebrating the win. You know, they they probably originally thought the people who work it for the uh, the club they're thinking, oh, someone's gonna run us out. Well, kitchen staff's not gonna need to work tonight. Oh man, it's the Chiefs. Yeah, exactly. No, we definitely have to stay at work late. <sighs> Stock up on some beef. Get Andy Reid a cheeseburger. Stat. Uh, that was... He has earned the right to have as many as he wants to between now and, and August. That was really funny, though. Like, it's just... You're, it's a club, and you're in a picture with Luda, and you've got Andy Reid in the middle. Do you, think, do you think Andy Reid asked somebody around to explain who he is? <laughs> yeah. No, I, th- I think Andy Reid knows who Ludacris is. He's been in a lot of NFL locker rooms for That's many years. That's a very good point, yeah. He was the head coach of the Eagles when Ludacris was climbing the, the, the charts. I mean the charts. I'm not sure where you're gonna go with that, uh, but yes, that was that's probably. <laughs> God, I was really hoping you were gonna drop like a, a ludicrous song when he was. You know, no, not gonna do that. <laughs> not, not in my professional best interest to do so. <laughs> ah, the the options though. Uh, but yeah, that that was kind of fun. But yeah, they ran out of club and and enjoyed the celebration. Apparently, they are the champions. They can do whatever they want. Taylor's security team had already scouted the club in advance. You know, of course, thing. it was a completely private party. You couldn't get in. You know, that that, that kind of thing. Of course, um, I'm sure you would have found a way to get in the door had you been in Vegas. Had you had the travel committee done what the travel committee was supposed to do, we might have been in that photo with Luda. No, we, Reed, but see, and we, no, we would have been like every other media outlet that was there. They go Monday through Friday, and then the Vegas airport is packed with media Saturday morning because everyone's leaving. That's actually how that works. Yeah, nobody stays for the game. They're, the only people who cover the game are the beat writers, you know, and, and then TV people. Like everyone you know. who's there to do Radio Row and all the stuff, mm-hmm. they're all leaving Friday night, Saturday morning. Yes. They all watch the game on the couch like you and I did. <laughs> That is um, that is accurate. Uh, it's not it's, it's not just like because there's thousands of media members. You can't there's nowhere to put them in a, in a game. Right, they're not going to fill the press box with every with all twelve people that come from every national outlet out yeah, there and yeah. every website that's sending ten to twelve people out to do radio row stuff. They're, so just to be clear, we would not have been at the game 
I'm not saying we would have come home on Friday. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we wouldn't have been at the game. Yes. We would have had to go into the party with Andy Reid and Luda. Also true. Mm-hmm. If, if the opportunity had been presented. Could you imagine if we had put up a photo on the Roar account with me, you, Andy Reid, and Luda? That would have done numbers. That would have done some numbers. Big numbers. Would have validated us in a, in a way that... But now we're just going to need our sports talk to validate us, Brad. Well, we already know we're going to fall short of that, Mark. 654 Roar. You know who didn't fall short this weekend? Who was that? The Clemson Tigers. In fact, did Coach Bayheim have anything to say about Clemson's win over his former team? I, you know, it's funny enough, I was able to get in contact with Coach Bayheim over Clemson the weekend. He gave you. us a quote. This, here's what uh, Coach Bayheim had to say. I thought Clemson really played well. They got off to a really good start. I couldn't agree more. 77-68, the Tigers knocked off Syracuse in uh, Joe Girard's homecoming. He returned back to the place where it all began for him. And uh, he played really well in this game. And his shooting numbers reflected that he had some familiarity with the court. Five of six from the field, John. Four three-pointers and also knocked down all four of his free throw attempts that came in the final minutes there. I thought it was a great performance. Good to see from Jar. I know he felt really good about that. Led his team in all scores in this game with 18 points. They were plus uh, 11 when he was on the court. It's a really good game for Gerard. Happy for him. You know, this is what you. This is kind of the script that you would have have written out if this were a movie. It went well for Joe Gerard. Uh, angered some some uh, Syracuse fans. I, you know, some of my my contacts up there that I have. I was following them on on Twitter, and I was just curious what the fans were saying. They were not happy. They were kind of going back and forth with each other too, like taking shots at each other. You know, like, I Joe Gerard should have done this to us, and then somebody's like, well, I mean, he served. You know, he served for four years. He can do what he wants with his life. You know, there's just all kinds of back and forth. Uh, but I don't think Syracuse fans were happy to stomach the loss. It was a weird game, John. It was like four games in one, another one of those for the Tigers, where they really got off to a blazing offensive start. Were they up 31-16, to 16, I believe it was? Something like, yeah. And I thought, they're going to cruise. And then slowly but surely, Syracuse just kept chipping away, chipping away, and tied the game up. Uh, 70-70 with a little over four minutes to play. And it was a very similar fashion to the North Carolina game. Clemson flipped a switch and just took over and made some really good decisions. And that's what, to me, was the storyline. Clemson had uh, 21 turnovers in this game. 21 turnovers in this game. John, it was like watching middle school at times. I mean, I have to be critical of the way that they handled the ball. It was bad. Bad passing, butterfingers, just throwing the ball away, dribbling it off their leg. I mean, literally every way you can turn the ball over, they did it in this game. And the kicker, though, is they did not turn it over one time after Syracuse tied the game. The last four minutes, Clemson didn't even come close to turning the ball over. So, when they had to protect, and that was when you're forced, you're trying to force turnovers as much as you can. Yes. You're full court pressing. And I thought the dumbest thing about this game was Syracuse letting Joe Girard get the ball on inbounds throws in the final minutes of this game. What What are you thinking? You know who he is. Like, it's not you like have you prior never- knowledge. <laughs> I would do, I would triple team him because you think he's going to miss those free throws in that moment? He's already like one of the best free throw shooters in the country as it is. He's not going to miss those. He's like a 93% shooter. He's going to knock those down. 
and he did. You know, Brad, I, I like to think that we praise and criticize fairly here, and I know we have been critical of Chase Hunter's play as of late from a shooting perspective. I thought this is the best game Chase Hunter's had in a long time. Made some Six good for decisions. nine on the field. Really? Um, seven assists, three rebounds. Yep. Uh, he he only had two of the turnovers of the 21, but his, his aggressiveness was really, really good. He had that big play where, you know, they're, they're pressing – and he gets the ball, and they're they're overplaying everything. And he turns, and like he's looking at the basket. There's nobody there. So instead of just dribbling around, he just goes straight to the rim. Doesn't even give a chance for the other team to force a turnover. Goes right to the rim, goes a little up and under move, and makes a great layup. And that was that was pretty much it. That was the, kind of the game ceiling play from that standpoint. Uh, but I, th- I I agree with you. I thought Chase played uh, played well. Uh, really. Really made good decisions. Seven assists, as you mentioned, 14 points. And uh, played pretty good defense as well. Clemson went to primarily zone. A lot of zone. Now, they manned up late, you know, when Syracuse made their charge. Right. There near the end. But for the most part, Clemson stayed in a in a zone. And for the first 30 minutes of the game, 25 minutes of the game, it, it, it befuddled them. I mean, Syracuse just was not making any shots. Struggling with it a little bit. I thought Judah Mintz really hurt his team. I, he did not have a good game. No, he did Especially not. Especially defensively. Um, I think one of the biggest keys here, when you look at rebounding, Clemson had 41 rebounds on the day. Syracuse had 24. That's domination. Uh, two guys went over 10, or went with or with 10. P.J. Hall and Jack Clark, both that two. I, I thought Jack Clark played a good a good role in this game. He sort of figured out who he is in this offense, in this defense. You know what I mean? Like He's like, I'm going to be more of a defender guy. I'm going to get rebounds. If I can get a good look, I'm going to take it. And he did, you know, knock down, a, I thought, a big three there. But for the most part, Jack Clark has figured out who he is now on this team. I, I think that's made a difference the last couple of games. Uh, definitely. And I think it's allowed Godfrey and Wiggins and some of these other guys to come off the bench and fill, you know, different roles. They're not... He's able to pick up some of the of the pieces here. Are you surprised to see the offense sort of right itself a little bit here now? 60%. They only shot about 40% against North Carolina, but they shot 60% in this game. Go back the last couple of games, they're starting to some shots are starting to fall that were just simply weren't going in early. Yes. And I think they they're shooting themselves out of some of that slump and it's starting to course correct here. I agree. I like had- where the offense is trending right now. Yeah, it's it's going in a in a much better place uh, for this, this part of the season. Back to back ACC wins. We'll break down more about what this means. They got a game on Wednesday, so we got some time to talk about it on Tuesday. We'll go through all the standings, take a look more at college basketball. Big game tonight between Duke and Wake. We'll talk about that one tomorrow. Out of bounds coming up next. Have a great day. Take care. Talk to you on Tuesday. WCCP FM one hundred five point five, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT.